Oh, that's so, so good. To, the treasure is in our generosity. Amen. Amen. I received that word. I really received that as a word from God today. I hope you receive it as well. Just um, prophesy for a moment here. I just, Michael, God just wants you to know everything you heard from the, from the speakers and the worship leaders, God's speaking that to you. All that that you heard, God wants you to know that was for you. And there's a new, fresh, God ordained purpose that is he's breathing on you. The days that you could have given up, but you didn't. God sees that your heavenly father sees that and he honors that he honors you. He, he honors you. You're his son. You're his kid. Amen. Amen. Love you. Chris Sheely, are you? I thought I saw you somewhere here. You're not finished. God's not finished with you. Heartache, heartbreak, loss, trouble, sickness, disease, all of it, none of it was sent by God, but all of it was bent by God. And he turned it and he changed it. And there's an anointing in you and God saying, don't hold back. Your best days are ahead. Your best. Your best voice, your best ability to hear from God. God wants you to know. He you have heard from him. And he wants you to hear from him now that the next season of your life is going to be the most fruitful because there's been decades of seeds sown by you. And our Heavenly Father wants you to know that there's no seed you can sow for his glory and for his house and for his kingdom. There's no seed that you can sow that he doesn't recognize that he doesn't breathe on, that he doesn't increase. There's increase, there's harvests coming to you. They're going to be like multiplied harvests. God's way. Because you put first God's kingdom. You put first his righteousness. You're a soul winner. You're a minister of the gospel. You're a voice for this church to hear and a leader in this church to lead others and to show that those who stay win those who stay. Those who endure will see their best days. Your best days are coming. Your best days. 
who receives that and would say, I'll take that word. <laughs> this guy, these guys that, that God is prophesying to or that I'm prophesying to. Wow, they're special people. And that that's to show everyone. Prophecy is to show everyone that God is good, to show everyone that God sees it all. You say, well, doesn't he see all the mistakes I've made, too? He he really doesn't. He chooses what to focus on. He's already washed all your mistakes away by the blood of Jesus. So he doesn't see those like you see them. Man. But there is a wave. Of revival coming to each of us, coming to this church and through this church. You know, there's only one force on this earth greater than the forces of hell, and that's the church. Jesus is only in this earth through the church. He's not in this earth the way he was when he first came. He walked this earth for 33 years, but he's not in this earth like that anymore. He's in the church. He's in you and he's in me and he is in us collectively. He is Emmanuel, God with us. There's a reason the Christmas celebration of Emmanuel is God with us. It's not just God with me. It's not just God with you. It's God with us. There's a power in the us. There's a power in the us. There's a reason why the middle letters of the word cluster is us. (laughs) Don't get me started now. That'll preach right there. There's some us in some clus. The Bible says the new wine is in the cluster. It's not in the individual grape. It's in the cluster. You can't get a glass of wine from a grape. You can't even get Welch's grape juice from a grape. You can't even get raisins from a grape. You can get raisin, but who just eats one raisin? Who eats just one grape? Yeah, maybe you steal one at the store, at the grocery store as you're passing by. You just ate one. But you don't buy them as one. You can't mix them together just as one. There's an anointing in the cluster. The anointing's in the cluster. I need us to get this. I need us to see the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. The force in earth that is restraining the Antichrist, restraining the beast, restraining 666, restraining all the end times, the final end of the end times is the church. Second Thessalonians says when the church is taken out, when he who is restraining the man of lawlessness, which is the devil and the Antichrist. That's the man of lawlessness. He who is restraining the man of lawlessness. That's the church. 
We're the ones restraining the man of lawlessness. We're the salt of the earth. We're the light of the world. We're restraining the devil from having full free reign in this earth. But when we are taken out, the Bible says, when he who is restraining the man of lawlessness is taken away, then he the man of lawlessness will be revealed. Second Thessalonians chapter two tells us this so clearly. But preachers aren't as clear. I'm sure I haven't been as clear, but I want to make it perfectly clear. We are restraining the devil. When Jesus said the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church, he went on to say. And I give you the keys of the kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. If we could understand how powerful we are, if we could understand how powerful we are, we would realize why. As Joseph was prophesying and praying, we would realize why the devil is trying to get us to quit. If we would know how powerful we truly are, then we would know, then we would have the answer when some of us are asking, why is this hitting me so hard? Why is this coming against me? Why is that coming against me? Why is it so hard to get up and go to church? Because the devil wants to keep you dumb and ignorant and in the darkness about how powerful you are. When God says in Hosea chapter Hosea chapter four, I believe Hosea chapter four, I believe it is. He says. My people. Are destroyed. Because of a lack of knowledge. He doesn't say my people are destroyed because of a lack of power. It's the knowledge of our power that causes us to experience destructive harvests in our lives. God says my people uh, that I just love that. I'll just take that part of the verse two and just rejoice over the fact that we're his people, my people, we're his my people. God says over you, you're mine. But he says, my people, even because just because you're God's, just because you belong to God doesn't mean that you're going to walk in your God given power. You have to have the knowledge of it. That's why God brought you to this church. You could go to you could go to a lot of different churches and feel the community and feel the fellowship and feel the love. But he brought you here because he wants you to know your power. He wants you to know your identity. And in Ephesians 1:11 says it's only in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. I don't know how we would want to why we would want to find out that stuff some other way. But it's in Christ we find out who we are and what we're living for. You have incredible meaning in this world, each of you. 
have incredible meaning in this world. You have incredible significance in this world, but you are being blinded by the devil to realize how powerful you are. And we have been unbelieving at times. Please, if you can't do anything, do this. Believe. Believe. Because if you will believe, you will end up doing what God's called you to do. It all starts with believing. I'm so excited about our future. Not because I know. The future. But I know who holds the future. We say we don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. Are you really putting your life in God's hands? Can you really say thy will be done? Can we get to this place where we just stop pretending if we just admit, you know what? I'm not trusting God. I don't really trust him with all my heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he'll make your path straight. Are we really trusting him with all our heart? Because if we're not trusting him with our money, we're not trusting him with our heart because where your treasure is, there is your heart also. Let's not let mammon be our God. Mammon is not money. Mammon is trusting in something other than God, trusting in the world's system. Abe made it so clear this distinction between these two systems or kingdoms. The kingdom of. This world, the kingdom of darkness is is motivated by fear and greed and anxiety and and worry. The kingdom of God is governed by love and faith and trust in God. Zacchaeus was noticed by Jesus and when he and Abe talked about that and I, I love that passage and Jesus saw him in the tree, recognized him, called him by name, said, come down from that tree. I'm coming to your house. I need to have dinner with you. And the guy came down from the tree and he said, he said, Lord. He said. Half of everything I have, I'm giving it to the poor today. And if I've wronged anybody, I'm I'm going to pay him back four times what I took from him. That's bringing forth fruit with your repentance. That's bringing forth fruit. That's like. I mean, he wasn't debating. Zacchaeus wasn't said, you know, Lord, could I just get by with giving a, a an offering? Is it 10 percent of the gross of the net and all that nonsense questions we ask ourselves because we're looking for a way not to give because that's how the flesh is. The flesh is looking for a way not to give. Your spirit is looking for a way to give more. He doesn't have a debate with himself about is it 10 percent of the gross or is it 10 percent of the net? He says half of everything I have, I'm giving it away right now. And if I wronged anybody, I'm paying them back four times as much. Do we even pay back 
one time? <laughs> I know I have to face whenever somebody wants to borrow some money from me, I have to ask the question, am I prepared to give this to them freely and never get it back? Because that's exactly <laughs> what's going to happen. Hmm. There's a shaking going on, guys. Hebrews 12, verse 25 says, verse 26, and his voice shook the earth. But now he is promised, saying, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. Wow. Earth and heaven are shaking and going to be shaken. And he says this expression yet once more denotes the removing of those things which can be shaken as of created things in order that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. I want to be one of those things that cannot be shaken. How about you? He says, therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service and reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. Woo! Then he goes right into the first verse of chapter 13. It wasn't written in chapters. It was written as one entire letter. So the next thought is connected to the previous thought. Let love of the brethren continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. For by this, some have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember the prisoners as though in prison with them. This is empathy. Empathy wasn't some psychiatrist's idea. Empathy was God's idea. Remember the prisoners as though in prison with them and those who are ill treated since you yourselves have been are in the body also. I mean, we could go on and on with this with what God is telling us, there's a shaking coming. And we have got to have our lives built upon the rock. Amen. In Luke chapter six, look at what he says in verse forty seven. Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and acts upon them, I'll show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep. Man, that's what we're doing every Sunday. We're digging deep. By the way, I miss you guys during the week. So I've made a podcast. For us to stay connected during the week called Think Like a Champion. And you say, yeah, but I want to come to church in the midweek. We're going to have a midweek. Here's where the midweek service is in your life group. Your midweek service is in your life group. If you're a part of a life group, treat that as. What's supposed to connect us until we come back together on Sunday, if you're not a part of one. Wow, get a part of one if you. Don't have one and. Too far away to come to one, start one. We have all the tools you'll need. We have the notes. We give you everything you need. It's trying to bring some some practical wisdom to us in these days we're living in. It does seem like forever from one Sunday to the next It does seem like a long time. Then it seems like a short time, right? But 
we have to stay connected and we have to build community and we have to value one another and honor one another and truly encourage one another as long as it is still called today, the Bible says. Amen. He digs this foundation deep and lays it upon the rock. And when the flood rose, floods will rise. That's what floods do. They don't. That's what makes them a flood. They rise. And when the flood rose and occurred, the torrent burst against that house. And immediately it says and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who is heard and has not acted accordingly is like a man who built his house upon the ground without a foundation and the torrent burst against it and immediately collapsed. And the ruin of that house was great. The only difference was one heard the word and acted accordingly. Another heard the word and did not act accordingly. It's not acts when we talk about taking action, not talking about the works of the law. Faith without works is dead. It's not the works of the law that he's talking about there. He's talking about corresponding actions. If you truly believe you will declare Jesus is Lord. If you truly believe he's risen from the dead, you will say Jesus is Lord. If you really believe he's your healer, you will say Jehovah Rapha. My God heals me. If you really believe he will provide, you will say Jehovah Jireh, my provider. And you'll give and you'll be generous. If I really believe that by his stripes, people can be healed and healing flows through the laying on of hands, I'll lay hands on people. If I really believe that that corresponding action, I believe that if we lay hands on the sick, they'll recover. I believe that. Can anybody say amen? I can't explain when it's going to manifest and when it manifests right away versus when it manifests the next day or the next year. That's not my job to explain when it's supposed to manifest. It's just my job to act on what I believe. If I believe that I can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover, then I should be laying hands on the sick. Right. If I believe that the world needs the gospel. Then I better preach it like I got no tomorrow. I need to preach it. We need to preach it like it's the bottom of the ninth. And we're behind. And we got to squeak out a bunt or get walked or, you know, move in front of the ball as the pitcher's thrown it so we can get hit by the pitch and get to first base. And then we got to find a way to steal second. Advance on a sacrifice play on a sacrifice fly to right field. Steal home plate if we have to. A lot of stealing going on here, breaking the Ten Commandments, man. (laughs) We got to. We got to know it's now. You should listen to the next couple. uh, Think like a champion says I'll be talking about this, how to handle life in the last days. I want to be this dude who builds on the rock. 
Daniel 1132 is one of my favorite verses. And I'll tell you in the New American Standard Bible, Daniel 1132 says those who know their God, the second part of this, the people who know their God will be strong and take action. Wow. Go back to they'll be strong and do what? If you're not taking action, is a, there's a knowing God problem. Because when you know God, you're going to take action. If you're not taking action, if you're afraid to step out in faith to share the gospel, step out in faith to plant your seed, step out in faith to forgive someone, step out in faith to declare I'm healed by his stripes. If you are not taking the next step, it's a knowing God problem, because if you really knew God, you don't mind taking the step. Jesus, Peter said Jesus is walking on the water. And the disciples are freaking out. They see Jesus walking on the water and they say it's a ghost. Yes, it's the Holy Ghost in him. But they were afraid. They saw Jesus walking on the water and they said that can't be him. It's a ghost. But Peter said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come. And what happened? He said, Lord, if it's you, if that's really you, command me to come. And Jesus said, come. He just gave him one word. Come. And he got out of the boat and literally started walking on water. But the Bible says when the wind blew, when Peter saw the wind, he became afraid and he began to sink. He saw the wind. I don't know how you see the wind. It's invisible, but he saw it. If we, if we can see the wind, we should see our healing. If we can see the wind when it's invisible, we should see God who's invisible. We should see our blessing, even though it's invisible. We should see our breakthrough, even though it's invisible. And we should walk in the invisible realms of faith, no matter what it looks like, because even Peter was walking by faith in the wind when he was seeing it, when it wasn't even something you can see. You can see the evidence of it. You can see the, the effect of it, but you can't see the actual wind. But seeing the wind, he became afraid and he began to sink. You notice the progression. He got his focus off of Jesus. Jesus said, come. And verse 29 says he's walking on the water. He's literally walking on the water. He said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water. We think Jesus is the only person to ever walk on water, but Peter was walking on it, too. It doesn't say and Peter got out of the boat and sank. It says he got out of the boat and walked. On the water enough to where he was coming toward Jesus. There's movement. It's a catch, you know, in the NFL. It's a catch. He catches the ball. He makes a movement towards gaining. And then somebody knocks the ball out of his out of his arm. And it's a fumble. It's only a fumble when he's made progress with the ball. Some of you don't even know what I'm talking about. And that's OK. I, I, what? How did we get there? How did we get there? <laughs> Peter made movements, miraculous movements. But then he got his focus off of Jesus and on the wind. That's when he became afraid and began to sink. He didn't sink as soon as he got out of the boat. He walked on the water as soon as he got out of the boat. What does that tell us? We got to get out of the boat. What does that tell us? We got to start walking. What does that tell us? 
when you start focusing on the wind, you're going to become afraid. So let's not focus on the wind. Let's focus on the one who can stop the wind. The good news is, is when Peter began to sink, he cried out still to Jesus and said, Lord, save me. And Jesus grabbed him. And they got into the boat and the wind stopped. And those who were in the boat worshiped him and said, you, you, you are certainly God's son. What you just did. But Peter took action. So this word in Daniel eleven thirty two, those who know their God will be strong and take action. The King James uses a different word in Daniel eleven thirty two. He says those who know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Daniel eleven thirty two. Those who know their God shall be strong and do exploits. One translation says take action. Another translation says do exploits. That seems like or sounds like two different things. So how did one translator the New American Standard guys, how did they come up with take action while the King James people came up with do exploits? Because if you go back to the Hebrew language that this is written in, the word there for take action literally is translated as they will carry out great exploits. Even the King Jimmy people didn't get it quite right. Because these guys sometimes when they're translating, when they were translating from the original Hebrew and the original Arabic and the original Greek, Old Testament, New Testament, when the translators took the original manuscripts and translated them into our language, our languages of English or whatever other language you speak, they couldn't they they tried to tone it down. The people that know their God will be strong and take action. That sounds like anybody can take action. But the people who know their God should be strong and do exploits. Ah, That's that's a little tougher to do, to do exploits. But then what it literally says is they will carry out great exploits. So what can we learn from that? Is one translator wrong and one translator is right? No, they're both right. And here's what we can learn from that. The people that know their God shall be strong. And do and carry out great exploits. But how where do great exploits start? Great exploits start with action. Ray Kroc didn't start out serving billions and billions of customers with cheeseburgers. He started with one. The good old colonel. The greatest colonel in history. Sanders was his last name. He's all over the world now, you know. He's all over the world. He started with a recipe. And he began to go to different people, different restaurants who were willing he that were willing to meet with him to sell his recipe. And he was turned down a thousand and one times or more. Some, you know, some say a thousand and one. Some, I don't I wasn't there. 
I know what it's like to be rejected, though. I know what it's like to to get a no when you're trying to get something done. But he started by with a recipe. Then he took the next step. Then he took another step. Then when they heard no, listen, no is always a yes to something better. Whoever wherever you face a no, every no is a yes to something better. We have to stop seeing no as something bad and start realizing no is a yes to something better. Carrying out great exploits starts by taking action. So number one, I'll give you three points here today. Number one, choose action over excuses. Choose action over excuses. I know there's a million reasons why you could have stayed home today, but you took action instead of made an excuse. If you're making excuses next Sunday, we won't see you here. But if you'll take action next Sunday, we will. And the reason it's so important to be together is because when the Bible says that Jesus is the great is the good shepherd, which is actually the word in Greek, Kalos, which is beautiful. The word is beautiful. Jesus is the beautiful shepherd. If you want to be led by the beautiful shepherd, Jesus, you simply need to go to the places he goes. I know for sure. Every Sunday we can't. Focus on the things we don't know for sure until we show up to the places where we do know for sure he comes. And we know he surely comes to church. Because he is the head of the church. And he says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. And he says, I will never leave you or forsake you. And he says he'll build he's building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. So we know for sure that the great shepherd, the beautiful shepherd, the good shepherd, we know he comes here. So we should start with just coming here. I don't know. Where is he going on Monday? I I, I don't know. But you got to start with what you do know, where you do know he's at, where you do know you can catch him. You know what? I can catch him at 1030 over at Life Changers. I know I can catch the good shepherd there at least. (laughs) We'll figure out Monday and Tuesday later. Let's figure out right now. We know he's here. Choose action over. Everybody say choose action over excuses. In John 5, 8, I'll remind you, Jesus said to the man, take your pallet and walk. In John 9, 7, he said to the blind man, go wash in the pool of Siloam. In Luke 17, 14, he said to the lepers as they uh, go, show yourselves to the priest. And it says in verse 14, Luke 17, verse 14, as they went, they were cleansed. You got to put that verse up for a minute. That one's a you cannot. We can't as they went, as they were going, they were cleansed. They could have said when Jesus said, go show yourselves to the priest, they could they could have said, why would we show ourselves to the priests? They're going to kick us out because we have leprosy. Sometimes the next step doesn't make sense to the natural mind. 
But we know what this verse says. As they went, they were cleansed. I do like how he says it in this translation. As they were going, they were cleansed. That word they were going is a present participle. I know what most of us hadn't remembered that word since 10th grade or 7th grade or whenever we were taught that a present participle is a word that means it's an ongoing process. It's a, a, a present participle. It means it's, it's happening now. It's an active thing. So when he says as they were going, they were cleansed as they acted on the word, as they acted on what Jesus said to do, they were cleansed. They could have said, I wonder why I didn't get cleansed. Just take the next step. What's the last thing the Lord showed you to do? Come to church. Worship God, lift your hands, give the off, give in the offering, share your faith. Just what's the last thing that, you know, you should be doing as you go, you'll figure out the rest. As you go. Like Indiana Jones, he throws the. You know, he throws some sand on the invisible bridge because he's supposed to walk to the other side, throw some sand. There's like no way. And then he throws some sand to 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 prove, validate. You know what? There is something there, even though we don't see it. You got to take that step, though. You got to take that step. And even when you when it shows up, the a path shows up, it's not always easy to take, but you have to move one step forward. Jesus went forward a little. I'm not going to let you forget that. When they lowered their friend through the roof, Jesus saw their faith in Luke chapter five. Verse 20, and what did their faith look like? What he saw their faith, the friends of the guy who lowered their friend through the roof, he saw their faith, seeing their faith. He said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Seeing what he saw their faith. What did their faith look like? It looked like friends taking action, ripping the roof off and getting their friend in front of Jesus. That's what faith looks like. You know what faith looks like? It looks like taking the roof off of your previous limitations. You know what faith looks like? Keep that verse up. You know what faith looks like? It looks like getting your friends in front of Jesus. Getting your friends in front of Jesus. They ripped the roof off. What does faith look like? It looks like when one door closes, you go up on the roof. When you can't get in, you find another way and finding another way. It says earlier in this chapter, since there was no room in the house, finding another way, find a way. Not finding any way. Oh, this is beautiful to me. Look at what not finding any way to bring him in because of the crowd. There was no not any way. God is the God of a way when there's not any way. Not finding any way to bring him because of the crowd. They went up on the roof and let him down through. 
the tiles with his stretcher in the middle of the crowd in front of Jesus and he saw their faith. Listen, take the limits off when it looks like there's no way. Find a way. What does faith look like? It finds a way. What does faith look like? It rips roofs off. What does faith look like? It doesn't give up. It doesn't quit when you're on when you feel like you're about to break. You're really, as we heard today, you're about to have a breakthrough. Don't give up. Find a way. Seeing their faith. What does faith look like? It looks like getting our friends in front of Jesus. The best thing we could do is just keep bringing. Bring them. Studies show that 80 percent of the people that come to any church come because a friend brought them. Friend invited them. (laughs) Inviting your friends may start with the next step of making a friend. Making a friend might start with the step of being friendly. You might say, I don't have any friends. Well, look at your face. There's a reason why you don't have any friends. (laughs) Try smiling. Say, I don't know, I get on these apps and I can't seem to find a date. Take that picture of yourself from 20 years ago down. When they <laughs> but get on there. Hey, single people, I keep trying to meet someone in church, but I keep meeting, you know, the wrong people or I don't I can't seem to find the fish in the sea. Then then take that step and get on another app. Or go out to public places and meet people. Shake people's hands, say hi. I'm, tell them your name. Start with that. Like we we start making stories and narratives that are that are just covering up our unwillingness to take the next step. Oh, I, I know. I, I, I know you. I'm not preaching to you. I'm preaching to somebody else who you think really needs to hear this word. You do. Choose action over excuses. Do something now. I want to remind you of Second Timothy one six that. That is why I would remind you to stir up, rekindle the embers of the fan, the flame of in the Amplified Bible and keep burning the gracious gift of God, the inner fire that is in you by means of laying out of my own hands with those who you at which you were ordained. He said, I remind you to stir up the gift of God in your. We have to take sometimes there's nobody around to stir us up. You got to stir yourself up. You got to stir yourself up and get out of the mediocrity, get out of the autopilot and stir yourself up and take ground you've never taken. Give a seed you haven't never given. You put up smile on your face that you haven't been able to smile and you haven't been willing to smile like 
Share with someone that you've never been willing to share with. Go to a life group that you've never been willing to go to. I'm just making stuff up. You know there's going to be a next step for you to rip the roof off and not limit God. And when you find it, because you will find something if you look for it hard enough. All my kids at one time or another, when they were really young, hey, go get such and such from your closet. They come down. I looked. It's not there. Look harder. I looked again. It's not there. Let me go there with you. Look, it's right there. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, They're going to have plenty of time to roast me (laughs) in the days and months and years to come. So I just take my shots now. Maybe they'll forget. (laughs) (laughs) You will find what you're looking for if you're willing to look hard enough. You'll find it. It's there. It's not there. It's there. God, you said, I'll find it. Keep seeking. Jesus did say, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking and the door will be opened. It literally translated as keep doing it. Don't try it once and then run. Knock on the door and then run. We used to do that when we were kids, ring somebody's doorbell and then. Right. Stay there until keep knocking until the door opens. And when you find. The thing that you're looking for in the next step that you take, share it with others. I I, I don't have time to teach this to you in a more detailed way, but. It's very simple. Choose action over excuses, take action now, do something now and share it with others. And you'll see amazing things happen in your life. Let's stand together. Thanks for being here. Thanks for coming. If you've never received Jesus into your life while we're standing. Pray this out loud after me. Everybody pray this with us out loud. Heavenly Father, I invite Jesus Christ into my life as my savior. I believe Jesus died for my sin, rose from the dead. I believe God made Jesus Lord. Jesus is Lord. I agree. He is Lord. He's the son of God, risen from the dead, and he is Lord in Jesus name. If you prayed that prayer, make sure to tell somebody today. Make sure to let one of us know, one of our team members know we have a book for you called The Power of a New Life. It'll bless you if you prayed that prayer. It's the next steps in this journey. We also have a next steps class. You can go to that class that starts in a few moments. And in and those of you that are watching online, you can download this book anywhere for free. Go to lifechangeschurch.com slash salvation. I love you guys. Thanks for being here. Thanks for spending some extra time together today as well. You're dismissed. Any prayers you need for anything else, come to the front. One of our prayer team members will pray for you. You're dismissed. I love you guys.